<laughs> hey. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 101. Steve and I both inhaled yeah. as though we were about to say something at the exact same time. We locked into eye contact, and then we both choked. We should have just talked. And I, yeah. I guarantee you it. Guarantee you it? <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you that guarantee if, it? if we had spoken those words that yeah. we locked, we would have probably been in harmony. We would have been in perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we'll never know now. Next well, time we just go with it. Yeah. Don't fight. Could you, don't fight could you come in and be our third our third harmony, Ronald, if that ever does Absolutely. happen? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So welcome back to Movie Schmovie. Yeah. Uh, we were we were thinking we did a lot of really positive speaking. Yes. At the end of the year. We did. And we talked about a lot of really good movies, um, both in terms of our top ten list, but even in the weeks before that, kind of highlighting some films that you're probably going to see coming up in a couple weeks at the Oscars. Um, so we sat back and we are like, hey, you know, we never really talked about the shit that we saw. And by shit, I mean literally like the worst yeah, movies the fucking... of, of the year. So it, we're not too far removed from it. Yeah, I was thinking about this. This 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 topic when you mentioned it, it seemed like a really natural thing to do. Let's just let's do the, let's do the inverted version of the best of the year. Right. But but it occurred to me that if if this episode, since this is episode one hundred and one, by the way, I'm John, Ronald, Steve. So I, I it was episode ninety eight that it was our best of mm-hmm. the two thousand thirteen. So that means there've been a few episodes since then. It's kind of like if two th- if episode ninety eight was a party where we celebrated all the best movies of the year. <laughs> This episode is like if you threw a great party and then a few days later someone who came to that party came to your house in the middle of the night and woke you up to tell you how much everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, this is a really messed up by the way episode. It's, it is. It's a little late maybe, but I think we had a, you know, just the, with the way the timing of these things work out, we weren't going to make this our 100th episode. So, right, 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 so right. yeah, you waited a little while to find out or to be reminded of which movies we weren't so crazy about last year, but we're going to try not to make it too uh, pointless. We're going to be constructive, right? We're, we're going to try to keep a, a positive attitude about yeah. all the of all I the refuse wild. to do that. You're gonna, okay. I refuse. <laughs> this, this is around I've the, waited a long time to tear into <laughs> some of these films. This is around <laughs> the time that a lot of the movies that if they haven't come out on video on demand or something like that it's about that time that's a good point so So, we need to steer clear of some of these fucking movies we're about to tell you about yeah beware that was probably an an unintended silver lining of this Mm -hmm. that we waited Mm -hmm. long enough that now that they're probably coming out on dvd you've listened to us and you've taken our word and saved your goddamn money <laughs> and went it and ran it something else <laughs> besides Don't these movies. Don't waste your fucking life on some of these movies. Just go and live your life instead, <laughs> is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Word of advice. So, yeah, we're going to just talk. We're going to go through. Uh, each of us have three films from 2013 that we w- would classify as the worst films of 2013 to, us, to each of us, respectively. And uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. Okay, kick it off. All right. Um, one of the most fun that I've had at a, at a, at a, a movie screening this year is for um, a movie that I actually kind of thought that I might want to see because I'm a, I, I kind of like romance films like especially I love The Notebook and this is a film that was based off of a Nicholas Sparks book mm-hmm. um, starring Joshua Damel Duamo yeah. Damel yeah whatever you think Mr. Walker yeah no I'm, and, I'm, I'm uh, out on this one and uh, Julianne Huff who is basically the Josh Damel of actresses meaning that she doesn't I believe know you mean how Julianne Howard Howard go 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 <laughs> she yeah they're both really good looking people that don't act very well and uh, trying to just sell the hell out of chemistry in this film called Safe Haven um, if anything if if for any reason you want to see a film that has the most ridiculous ending slash twist slash 
Ah, mm-hmm. moment um, to experience with an audience, and hopefully you don't ever have to do that. Uh, it is this film. It's a horrible movie. Um, obviously, it made my list. Mm-hmm. But I only put it on here, and I wanted to get out of the way early because about 10 minutes into the... I, I saw this film with my friend Lauren, who's been on the podcast a few times at an advanced screening, and jokingly, I don't really care that I'm ruining this for you. I hope you don't see this film. Um, about 15, 20 minutes into the movie, you, you, you meet a character who is... Um, what's her name? She was in, in The Avengers. She's in How, to, How I Met Your Mother. Um... Really, really attractive. Oh yes, Co- beautiful. Co- Colby, Colby Smulders. Smulders. Um, you 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 meet her character in the film, and you're like, oh wow, she's like a name, a, a person, a, a face I recognize, but she's not in the movie a lot. And jokingly, about 15, 20 minutes in the movie, I, I turned to Lauren and I said, she's a fucking ghost, <laughs> laughing our asses off. Mm-hmm. Well, damn it, fifteen <laughs> minutes before the movie ended, did we not find out that she was a fucking ghost? Mm. The most ridiculous mm. twist. And I mean, it's, it's so obvious. This movie was like obviously trying to rip off Sleeping with the Enemy in the worst possible way, which I do like Sleeping with the Enemy, even to the point of the, of the ex-husband finding her at a fair or tracking her down and finding her at a fair um, in this town that she's hiding in. But goddamn, I, I, I know that like I'm just blowing this out right now, but that ending, that reveal of who that character is <laughs> with everything else that goes on in the movie with, with these two lovers or you know these people that are meant to be together just a horribly acted movie um i've never read the book so i don't know if the source material was any better but uh i'm sure there's a lot of women out there that loved that twist like oh my god it's his ex-wife she's a ghost and she says it's okay for her to love him oh man that is so it's beautiful. that you know what i mean and oh so my god she cares okay so much Ronald. about the children let her love him. That sounds. Okay, weird. so that's safe haven. Stay the hell away. That was from the that most movie. misogynist uh, caricature of a woman. That you've... I can't help love but him. I swear I overheard people saying that in the yeah. theater. Oh. And and not to, and also I was also there with two of my other friends. Yeah. And they reacted. I'm sure the way the studio intended them to. They were just like turning. To, and I feel horrible because they're smart people. But the attorneys are like, oh my god, she's a ghost. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't say that. Hook You're my friend. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> but yeah, safe haven. Did safe they haven. feel the waves of disgust coming from from your seat, or did they? Were they not? Honestly, aware? I think they did. Because oh. by that point, when it actually fe- when you when the reveal happened, Laura and I were just dying, la- like like out loud laughing, and uh, and my, my other friends just kind of they're like, why why are they laughing? Did we miss something? I'm like, no, you got it, you got it. Yeah, I missed yeah, something, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, safe haven. Well, I will say for me, this this was a hard list to come up with because I I think we discussed this when we did our year in review episode a few weeks back, which is that I don't think I saw that many just out and out horrible films in 2013. Like I didn't go see Safe Haven. I I avoided Grown Ups too. I so the worst movies on my list were were mediocre. So I tried to approach this from a different perspective. One okay. was a few days ago, I thought, am I going to figure out which were the worst movies this year and actually try to see them mm-hmm. before this episode? But I thought, no, that's juking the stats. That's not really yeah. fair. So what I did was I approached the, my list and I looked at which films disappointed me the most, which films fell the most far of my expectations. And that became, it. it that'll lead you to some harsh opinions of some movies that you may like, all right, but mm-hmm. when you think of what a movie could have been and then what it was... Um, actually, you mentioned a screening being a great experience, so even though for you it was a hilarious mocking of the film that made it a, a great experience. I was thinking of a screening that we were all, well, you were at this too, I believe. We were all at the screening for Willow Creek. 
mm-hmm. at uh, the Maryland Film, Film Festival. Festival. And that was a movie, the Bobcat Goldthwaite's uh, sort of horror pastiche, kind of Bigfoot found footage movie that I was willing to believe, having liked Bobcat Goldthwaite's movies, <laughs> I mean, I was just willing to believe he might have something special. And the notion of him doing a horror film appealed to me. Given that uh, World's Greatest Dad, one of the great things about it, which is a Bobcat Goldthwaite film that he wrote and directed with Robin Williams. And I remember when I was extolling the virtues of that film, I told people it's directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite, it features the music of Bruce Hornsby, and it stars Robin Williams. But don't let those three things (laughs) scare you away from the movie. That movie was great because it had these plot twists and these clever character beats built into it. And so I was kind of hoping if that sort of eye was turned towards a horror film, even a going deeper into the woods and, and you know getting creeped out by noises in the woods film, I thought it might be something really cool and really special. I don't remember disliking the movie that much, but it was just kind of a big nothing when you really stack it up. It really seemed like if Bobcat Goldthwait had seen Blair Witch Project, he would have had no reason to make this movie. Yeah. And it is sort of, when you look back on it, the most impressive thing about it is this extended like 18 or 19 minute scene in the tent. Maybe I'm exaggerating, it might be 15 minutes, but it's a long take of two people. And it's experimental and it's bold and it was fun to see in that crowd. And I still have a lot of love for Bobcat Goldthwaite, the man. I think he's a funny man and I I look forward to checking out his, you know, whatever movies he does. But this was just sort of, it felt almost, almost embarrassing to think that a filmmaker would make a movie this close to Blair Witch Project and seemingly not have anything, not not only nothing to add to it, but not as much as that movie, which is famous uh, for people that didn't like it as a movie that that didn't deliver something at the end. I, I happen to love Blair Witch Project, but I thought it was an I odd kind of tone-deaf choice to make a movie that was that was so close in, in terms of its structure. Yeah. And I think that at the time when we saw it, we you know it was definitely a fun screening. It was a great Q and A. As we mentioned, John Waters, the Baltimore-based filmmaker, was in the audience and had a back and forth with Bobcat Goldthwait. So I still have a lot of warmth for that experience. I, I, I just think the the least of that experience was the movie that we were there to see, and you know, and that's with admiring some aspects of it. Yeah. So yeah, but the poster to... was cooler than the movie. Poster was great, and again, I read reviews after I'd seen it that made me think maybe I'd seen a different movie. But I think this was one of those times where maybe people, you know, maybe. Maybe people were strapped in for just whatever Bobcat Goldthwait was going to do with this genre, whereas I was, as a horror fan, really hoping he had an angle or something fresh to say, and it just wasn't wasn't the case. So, yeah. Willow Creek, I, I feel really bad saying it was one of the most disappointing films of 2013. Mm-hmm. But this guy, <laughs> um, my pick involves two comedic titans. I'd say um, one uh, fairly new. To the game and the other coming back question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation point man when i saw this trailer i was like fucking jim carrey's gonna kill it oh he's gonna fucking magician. i almost watched this movie to see if it would be he's gonna be a on fucking my magician list. steve carell a fucking magician steve buscemi steve buscemi a fucking magician i did not know that I would be on the verge of tears watching this movie. <laughs> not the kind of laughter <laughs> tears. Yeah, just not the good tears. Pain because you realize that your 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 legend, the man you held high in your head, has fallen in a way, and he hasn't found his way. I a close second. Talking about Steve Carell or Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, right. and this also fits within the the Kickass Two category too. Which which I was gonna name as mine, which I kind of I'm kind of pulling the Walker, 
and including these, kind of merging these two as one movie. For the record, I'm fine with that, Ron. <laughs> Sometimes Carrey. a man just has so much to say and so much love to share. He's got to mention more than one film. Fucking Jim Carrey, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I, like it's, it's like he didn't read the script. It was a shitty, shitty movie. Steve Carell should have read the script. Shitty, shitty movie. Steve Buscemi, shitty, shitty movie. It was. It should have been really good, and it was, from start to finish, not funny at all. It's fucking hard to watch. Did I you agree. see it? I agree. It's hard to it watch. It was on my list, but I, I was hoping... There's a couple that I've actually pushed down hoping that you guys yeah, mentioned. I did not How watch. odd that that was a movie that we all, when we saw yeah. the trailer, and I don't think we were the only ones, I heard everybody saying that looks really funny. And then when it came out, it was almost like the intro, It was the air went out of the balloon instantly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it was, was gone. Awful. That is disappointing. I thought you were going to, when you said Comedy Titans, I was wondering, is he calling Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn Comedy <laughs> Titans? Because that Interns movie looked pretty bad too. It did. But I didn't see it. But I kind of want to see it. But yeah. Fucking terrible, man. I don't know what I don't know what that was. Shameful. My next one is uh, a movie that we talked about a few times. I guess mainly because it, it stars one of the biggest stars, period, in in movies. And I and I and it makes me question whether he is still a star, or maybe a falling Oof. star. But we also we, we framed it out more so of what's going to be better: Tom Cruise's Oblivion or Will Smith's after earth which scientologist which, si- which would rise to the yeah, top yeah. which was the cream of the, of the which one of them was going to put sci-fi on the map right right <laughs> <laughs> and obviously tom cruise won that because ronald is now aware of sci-fi yeah. so that was thank you mr cruise for that mm-hmm. but yeah after earth is uh my second choice <laughs> um <laughs> i don't even know i have so many notes right here that i'm reading like all this stuff i don't really know like first off it really bothers me that Will Smith and his son are in a film together. And I don't know, like nepotism of, or, or whatever, but it, 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 it... That'd be like making a podcast with your kid. Yeah, yeah, weird. Who Just would totally do that? gross. It wouldn't work How exploitive. All. What kind of stage father is he? Well, I mean, I think the problem with this, in this case is that you're putting your... Uh, Jaden Smith is, is Will Smith's son. In a, in a I like to think of him as the karate kid. In a $130 million budgeted sci-fi tentpole release, you know, where he's acting against a lot of CGI stuff... And every scene he's in is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, he cannot, I mean, you know, he's a kid, but what, he can't act. You know, I, I, he's Will Smith's son, so that's why he gets the opportunity. But it's so odd to me that a studio and 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 putting Will Smith in this tentpole film, and not to mention Will Smith's, like, probably one of his worst performances ever. Um, and the film is anchored by a kid that was in the Crowded Kid remake, you know, like, and this is a sci-fi, CGI, huge summer film, and none of it worked. It's very dull, <laughs> very boring. It make It's sad that it makes you think of, M. Night Shyamalan's other films that were horrible, but this one makes them look better. Yeah, and Shama- that, that that's kind of makes you nostalgic for the last Airbender. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> or the housing and the happening. Yeah, where where Marky Mark is. That's like two or three the... deep, of, <laughs> yeah. and then you go before that, and it's the Lady in the Water or whatever. Yeah. I didn't dislike that movie. I thought I thought that movie was. Okay. I didn't see that one. But... Okay. Yeah, it I, wasn't bad. There's just yeah, there's there's not a lot of positive things to say. I mean, it's it's really it. it it's an enigma to me, honestly, because I don't know how this movie. I guess I know how it got made because it's Will Smith, but I, I I got a question like during the making of this film, were there not like dailies where people were saying this is this looks horrible? Like yeah. it, it, it even even just the 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 look of the film is poor in my opinion for being how much of a 130 million dollar budgeted film. You know that I'm. You know that Sony or Columbia, whatever the studio was, like this was like their, one of their big films this summer. 
And well, I remember thinking when when Last Airbender came out too, just looking, just the effects. I don't know that Shyamalan has like a an, an eye for effects or how to do those, t- those sort of yeah you know i, I mean, think you have a really good point and that could be that's that's probably right i think now that you point i never really thought of that but i mean like sixth sense has a great mood and yeah. i would say unbreakable has a great mood and i would even extend that to say some parts of uh signs in the village there's sequences like in those signs, films that, but both those films have sequences that are effective you know m- mood pieces I, I haven't seen the ones after that so i don't know how how dire it gets, but it is interesting how that guy has seemingly lost his mojo, or maybe he's just not doing the right kind of films for his particular mojo. I don't know what I don't know what he does next. I mean, I feel like he had that film that he produced that came out like last summer. It was called like Devil. Yeah, that like you know they they were they didn't even put his name on it really mm. in, in a lot of well lot they, of they the marketing they, to, the, to the extent that they did you would hear people groaning in yeah. the theaters when his name came up. What on was the, the one in the the elevator? That's Devil. That, that's Devil, that was yeah. great. But that was it, the one where the trailer that good. came on like it said. Uh, from the from the mind who that brought you the sixth sense or whatever, and his name comes up, and you, I, I remember I, actually oh, hearing like people growing a, oh. a secular audience. I mean, by that I mean not not movie buffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is not people that are yeah. like that are thinking about these sort of things or taking it seriously. So it was kind of odd to hear that people were that he had name recognition, which directors don't always get, but in a negative way. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something wrong with the situation, mm-hmm. and, and and like I said earlier when I was introing it, it really makes me question what Will Smith is doing, and whether he is really, uh, whether he really is a the bankable star that he was before. And I think he's kind of like lost. You know, if I were to sit down with Will and say, you know, this is what you need to do, I think it's he's really lost focus on what is. Well, I don't even know the word. His wheelhouse is, you know, like I think he does really well in comedies, and I think he does really well in broader film. And even as other, I mean, I like him in sci-fi or fan. Like I liked uh, I Am Legend. I didn't think it was great, but I liked it, and that movie was a you know a big hit. I just think this movie just fails. And and the biggest thing, the last thing I will say, that really drove me nuts this whole film, is, is Jaden Smith, his son. Uh, he has this accent. Have, did you have you seen it? The film? No. Have you seen it? He, I don't know if it's like... It, it's obviously intentionally that they're saying that this future people, that these survivors, like they... there's There had something that happened where like all of their dialects and their languages and their accents kind of like there's a, a merging of them in, of some sort. Mm-hmm. And he has this really weird like pseudo-English accent. But it's not... First off, it's not consistent through the whole film. It drops oh, in and out, no. which is enough to annoy the fuck out of me. Yeah. But just hearing his voice, even when he's doing it, I, I wanted to break my television. I wanted to pull. I don't. I don't know. It made me so angry, because it. I mean, it drives. I'm a continuity whore when I watch films. Like we talked about it jokingly last time. Like when you see that guy's shirt who goes through and he's it's torn to shit and yeah. Or you see that guy's hair and, that, and then or there's that one scene where the guy's hair is different. And you're like, oh man. This is a movie. Like, how do you let that happen? Yeah, they went and reshot a scene, and his hair didn't match up, or something exactly. like that. Yeah, and uh, and to see this film and and how inconsistent his accent is, even choosing to have one, why that wasn't questioned is enough to piss me off. But the fact that they allow it to happen and they put this movie out into over thirty five hundred theaters, I'm sure, and every review that I read about it, everyone talked about that, and it's just like, how does that how does that get through the gate? Yeah, to a final product. I it's have, so weird. I think that Will Smith has the same issue that I think that uh you're gonna think I'm shitty for saying this. Uh Leo DiCaprio has. Except Leo DiCaprio's smarter about the roles he takes. I think that 
Will Smith needs something that that can challenge his his sensibilities when it comes to being an actor. Like he doesn't he takes these roles because they're 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 always in a position of power. They're always like, you know, domineering and mm-hmm. strong and a lot of shots where they look strong and Yeah. Um but the but the difference is Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio takes amazing roles in these positions. And Will Smith takes them, and I don't know what the fuck he's thinking. Well, that kind of makes me, because I was about to, I'm glad you made that point, that because I do think Leo, like, he's not in the kind of trouble career-wise that Will all. Smith no, might be that you're talking yeah. about. And I think part of that comes from the fact that Leo does not do and has never done, like, mass audience tentpole type movies whereas will smith has this standard i mean we were saying uh last time talking about comedy and horror being uh, genres where you know if they're working or not i think will smith's movies if he doesn't destroy the box office it's not working because that's sort of all that they're geared to do and that doesn't mean he doesn't occasionally do a a film that is intended to be more like a a serious acting turn but he generally does these movies that are supposed to be huge and when they're not huge you can tell something's not working yeah and and there is that weird, yeah, like we talked about it a while back with Tom Cruise, how you just imagine there's certain actors that bring their baggage onto the set. They have people, they have handlers, they're working with the producer, they're taking a role. Yeah. And you say the thing about his wheelhouse, Steve, it's sometimes, sometimes people just lose True North. Like they yeah. just can't find, yeah, that's, and that's it's not like, I mean, he's not trying to make shitty movies. He's probably thinking, he probably thought After Earth would be a step in the right direction. But you have to wonder on a movie like that, which again, I haven't seen, you have to wonder if everyone involved is, was going like, this is kind of a write-off at this point. There's nothing here, but we still have to finish it, and we still have to put it out and hype it. And yeah. it's not anybody. Nobody wants to like hang their reputation on a movie sure. like that, he, you know. Like he, he always does these like hail mary plays. It's like fourth down, fourth quarter, thirty seconds to go. They're down by seven, and he's running. I don't know. I, I don't follow the sports. He's running. So is, it, is this baseball? I don't know if anything you said makes sense. <laughs> or are we bowling right now? <laughs> he's running all the way to the back, the the the, the other teams, uh, you know. Obviously, Ron doesn't follow sports either. The other end zone? End zone. I'm sorry. It's end called zone. movie schmoo. I'm the resident folks. sports guy <laughs> yeah, here, obviously. Brain fart. End zone and trying to throw. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, I know, yeah. it's fucking retarded. It, you shouldn't say. He sets himself up for failure. Mm-hmm. The, the difference between the two of them is. Because he is carrying these films that he's in, too, for the he most is, part. Yes, you know? and you have to. You have to be smarter. It, it's almost like, you know who he needs to talk to? Maybe he needs to talk to Denzel. Maybe he needs to sit down with Denzel Washington. If he needs to talk to somebody that he thinks they can relate to him in any way, shape, or form. Because he's at, he's at a level now. Or Tom Cruise. Yeah. Maybe Tom Cruise more. Because he's more Tom cruise than Denzel. He needs to talk to Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise is going to be like, I don't take shitty movies. Mm-hmm. You know the difference between me and you? <laughs> I don't take shitty movies the way you take shitty movies. Just chill out. If it doesn't come, skip a year, maybe. Right. Take a good role. Because goddamn, man, like, it, it's getting to the point where... Well, he didn't know, take Django, and we know why. That We know, yeah. I mean, it's for very much... We've actually been through this before. I think it was yeah. in our Actor yeah. Jail episode. The notion of those actors who are afraid to step outside of their comfort yes. zone. And I do yes. think Will Smith... Has made like if that's the type of decision he's making and the type of role he's not taking, and if the reason is because he doesn't feel like the character has enough lines or whatever, that's definitely wrongheaded. You know, that's yeah. definitely not following passion projects, which you can flop yeah. and fail, but you can still kind of hold on to your audience in a way. The way that again, Tom Cruise yeah. sort of has held on to a certain, you know, loyal audience because there's this weird 
I don't know, as we've discussed, there's this like this this ability to push a movie forward yeah. that guys like this have. But if you're not making good choices, then Fuck yeah. If if Brad Pitt can Brad Pitt can carry a movie. Mm-hmm. If Brad Pitt can play a very minor character in like Twelve Years a Slave, maybe you need to humble yourself. Because he's big. He's huge. Yeah, he's a Civil War era surfer dude. And I didn't even know we had those. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you humble yourself to kind of take these, like, I would love to see Will Smith in a secondary role that he killed in. Yeah. Then a primary, a starring role, and he's fucking fl- flopping but Do around. you think that'll happen, though? No. I mean, all I think he's... is, is that how many times we've talked about Django, and I mean, being a mm-hmm. major reason why he didn't do that. Like, do you think that would be the case? I I think that he I think that he's taking steps to ruin his legacy. He's take like he he has like two more films, and I think he's gonna be a joke. I think he's good. He's gonna be to the point where like we're like, oh man, remember when he did Independence Day? Well, I was gonna say a maybe his number? best shot now, sadly, is doing Independence Day two or Bad Boys three or Bad Boys three, something like that. Something that's like going that. to get that core audience into yeah, him again, right. but it's also gonna be proof that that his. That like I said, his rudder is broken. He yep, doesn't know. Yep. That's a good point. We figured it out. We obviously know more than Will Smith. He obviously yeah. needs to add us to his entourage. Mm-hmm. He, um, I mean, maybe he gets offered shitty roles. Maybe, maybe like Django was the best one. But I, but it was, it's a hard role to take on. Like I don't, I don't. N- not everybody has the capacity to kind of hone in the way that people like Jamie Fox or, I mean, I hate. I was crazy saying Jamie Fox's name, but like. Leonardo DiCaprio, people do not have the ability to hone in like that necessarily. And I think that we may have learned within the past role, couple roles that he might not be capable of it. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. My next pick is, I, you know, like I said, it's tough for me because any movie that I throw under the bus on this list is going to be a movie that I may not think is really one of the worst of the year. I don't think necessarily that this is one of the worst movies of the year. But as far as where my expectations were... It's definitely one that fell short, and it's it kind of pains me to say that Anchorman Two was one of my most disappointing oh, wow. movies of the year. Like, I I find myself struggling to think of specific jokes that really flew with me. I mean, there are certain lines that were great. There's definitely, I mean, maybe half the movie is funny, but it just for something that I felt like they waited a certain amount of time that would indicate that they had something special. I really wanted a different angle, and I really wanted it not to be the more of the same kind of comedy sequel yeah. where you where you just sort of put new spins on old jokes. I mean, these are funny actors. Uh, every Everything about it is, you know, still can produce uh, a, a, the right reaction. If I guess if the mood struck me, I, I don't know. When I, The time I watched it, I was tired, and I had just seen American Hustle. So maybe it was it was like a late showing, and it was after I'd seen a movie that I was still kind of processing. But there was just nothing that stuck with me. It wasn't so much that I didn't enjoy bits of it while I was watching it, but at, at over two hours, to be still kind of right now kind of racking my brain trying to think of a line that really stuck with me, Whereas with the first Anchorman, there were there were six or seven things that on the way home I was you know already yeah. already quoting to my friend who I saw the movie with. For for my for my purposes, Anchorman two was was a letdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may feel bad for that one day. <laughs> so mine my pick, uh, one another one of those movies that enchanted me with its trailer, uh, magicians doing crazy shit. <laughs> 
stealing shit. <laughs> magicians. <laughs> this is like this is like the most the worst thing about 2013 for right, you is magicians. Just magicians. I think this is a recurrent. <laughs> Ronald, this... is there some like something that happened to you as a child? <laughs> Ronald, this war on magicians that you're waging oh, has got to stop. Some of my favorites in it: Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo, Woody Harrelson, Isla Fisher, even a Franco. Even a, a Franco. Yeah, even not a Fran- the. Even a. E, even a Franco. One them Francos. And goddamn Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman. You would think all these people together in a movie would make a great movie, but no, no. First half of this movie, wow, reeling you in. Crazy. Tricks. Crazy shit. Money being stolen. Piles of money. How's this money being stolen? Fucking, oh, God, man. And then you get to the second half of the movie, and it was pure shit. <laughs> Pure shit. It was like it was like it was written. You had the first half written by a professional, and then the second half written by a person that had just been stabbed in the back of the head. Yeah, and they were booing. I, I love how the way to get you into a movie is tricks. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever write a film, all I have to have to get you in the door, all you have there's to got to be a trick. Literally, trick him into seeing the movie. <laughs> that that was, is the trick. I'll get it. I'll be real. Does dude. that count, Ronald? If we ba baracus you, if we actually knock you out and like wheel you into a movie theater? I told you, I ain't getting on no planes. <laughs> it was just very bad towards the end. It just it was hard to watch towards the end, and and I don't know what it became. It I was became... about to say, what was the turn? Because that movie was one that I didn't I didn't expect much from, and I didn't see it. But but it was another one where word of mouth was mediocre, so I never saw it. It would have been pretty cool if it was just a heist movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was just magicians doing that. But, but there was like this uh, this very shallow mythology behind why it was happening. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's a, there's a group and they do these things. And it was just very hard to digest why they were doing the things that they were doing. It didn't seem like it was worth it. And the, end. the payoff wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it fell short. And uh, every time I talked... Would you say it was one of your most disappointing films of 2013, Ronald? Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was <laughs> shitty. It was shitty. Fuck that movie. Anyway. A bonus edition of Fuck That Movie. <laughs> Fuck that movie. But they're doing a sequel and everything. I mean, it's like it right. was enough oh, of a hit, which surprised me, well, too. Probably well, yeah. So, I don't know. Steve, what about you? Uh, I was hoping that somebody would say this movie already so mm. I could say a different one. Oh, man, I'm calling I'm calling an audible right now, only because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do an honorable mention later, just so you guys know in case you were worried. Yeah, because I got to give the other one some. I you know let me say this real quick. I approached this list. I forgot to say this when I started. Was that I was saying to myself I was not going to include any sequels in my worst ofs because in most cases the film that preceded them probably was already on my worst of of the year prior. Right. So mm-hmm. the movies like you know uh, Red Two, Hangover. Yeah, seven, the grown ups. Well, they didn't make it, but they yeah. were horrible as well. Mm-hmm. But the last film that I will give attention to, oh, man, they want to say this, but I will say, <laughs> oh god, no, 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 it's not going the way you think it's. It's hard. This, this build up isn't completely artificial. <laughs> it's more a matter of I was banking on John saying this one of these films oh and he did say it out loud recently but not as any kind of pick but um it might be my it might be my final pick you know oh, fucking walker all right well then i won't say it i'll do it later uh, i'm gonna my last pick will be only god forgives um, i wondered if you were going there yeah. oh so 
I don't know how else to say it, but basically, like last that was my sixth least favorite film that I saw. That was number six. That was number yeah. six. Yeah, that was right above my last pick in okay. terms of most disappointing. Yeah. I don't, to frame this out, I would say two years ago, Drive was my favorite I love favorite that as far movie. as you guys know, my, my, my list involved like calculus, there's algebra, there's... Yeah. <laughs> These are my least favorite things yes. in life. In life. Um, A rock in my shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that movie. Yeah, so I don't know. We've talked about it on the podcast before when we, when we talked about the film and reviewed it. I think the expectations for a movie that involve um, Nicholas Vindig Refn and Ryan Gosling, I had high expectations, and uh, and like I just said, I love Drive. It was I think I think I had it as my favorite movie of 2012, mm. possibly. It was either that or Warrior, but I was so bothered watching this film. <laughs> I felt so <laughs> I felt so insulted as. I don't even I don't even know where to classify myself like as a moviegoer, as a fan of the director, as a fan of a filmmaker with a vision maybe because I think that he has a touch to his films that I I do really like. And I know we went back and forth a lot about this movie, but it just seems like it's like an on it just seems like it's like a never-ending <laughs> bloody revenge film from one character to the next with mm -hmm. lack of continuity, with a lot of randomness with just intentional like touches that just make it qualify as like the the indie movie to see or like the whatever you I, I don't want to use the words that we used last episode like talking about hipster films or yeah. these auteur filmmakers that are like the guy to watch but it felt that way to me every moment of the film felt so intentional and so just missed I, I don't know i don't know like the movie i just was i couldn't wait for it to end i mean and which really hurt because i don't know it was one of our films that we were just like geeking out over every yeah. trailer that we saw and it just looks some of it does look incredible yeah and and some of the music is kind of really it hits right on the head but then at some point i'm like what the fuck is happening <laughs> why are all these and, and i know you have a reason for it yeah. john they're idolizing him or whatever. Why is this guy <laughs> fucking singing karaoke every five seconds and everybody's looking at him like he's a fucking god? And I understand your logic, and I and maybe I just missed it. Maybe it's it's too smart for me, but it it is so what it is. Yeah. That if you're not liking it, you're gonna like it so much less at minute five than you do at minute four, and it's just gonna exponentially take you down that path. I think yeah. that like if you you know what I'm saying, because there's there really is it is a challenging film in that sense, in that it, it's not giving any kind of easy pleasures yeah. and once i saw drive i especially understood because i saw this before i saw drive but once uh, i saw oh, drive wow. i i totally understood why you were let <laughs> down by yeah. only god forgives because drive has a certain sort of satisfying storytelling that it does really well with all of that artistic absolutely uh and that, extra that, yeah. bonus stuff in there whereas only god forgives is really just like <laughs> the in amazing like Images, amazing filmed art, but yeah, I mean, I don't think my 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 thing about that movie was I don't I don't think about it at all. I had to kind of remember it, you know, yeah. when I was. When that's I a was, good point. Yeah. So to me, it's like that's a sign that it it what whatever it was trying to do, it didn't do it as effectively. There's definitely a couple times watching it that I almost felt like it was like making fun of movies like Blue Velvet mm -hmm. or that type of film. Which, oh, it was very David Lynchy for sure. Yeah, but just not. I don't know. Just that's weird. They not, should have called it not another David Lynch movie. Yeah, that that would have. That would have set a better expectation yeah. for me. The scene where he's in the the whorehouse and he's looking at the prostitutes and then he asks for the 13-year-old girl. You have any 13-year-old girls? 
you have any 13-year-old. And that, that scene went on for way longer than it should have. It made me so uncomfortable. But there you loved some, this film. I mean, right? I loved it in yeah. a lot of ways. But, like, I, I think it's it's something about that yeah. push to make you uncomfortable that I liked. But that, right. it, it had some shortcomings. Like, if, you, if we're talking about the follow-up to Drive, it was fucking disappointing. Now, if I saw this movie as a standalone, I would have felt a lot stronger about it. You know, just Stronger than saying it's a great you know, film. I, mean, I love like, it. <laughs> no, no. I, just, I mean, like, it was an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot better than a lot of other movies that I had seen. But that doesn't mean that it was great. Yeah. It wasn't great, and uh, it was uncomfortable. It was. A, there were a lot of. The only thing I feel like I might have liked a little bit, and I only say this after trying to watch it again. I think I liked uh, Kristen Scott Thomas in the film. Oh yeah. Like. If there was a positive piece for me, it was just how fucking just out there and just crazy her mother figure, matriarch, whatever it was. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That that's a film in terms of you're you're going more of like disappointing list. Yes. I would say that's a film that would exist on that list for me and also the worst <laughs> film. So I'll just shove that in there as my last pick. Okay. Only God forgives, but I do not. Yes. Either. <laughs> yes. But no. I don't. You don't. <laughs> Ever. Unlike Steve. Especially. God forgives. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yes. Um, my last pick would be one that, um, you know, it's another movie that it, there's so much connected to it for me. It's like I, I didn't so much have a lot writing on it, but I did sort of think it might be, uh, it might have a redemptive aspect for this character who's been in a lot of movies, and none of them have been that great, and it's been kind of diminishing returns as we've been going along, and uh, I'm talking about The Wolverine. <laughs> and it bothered me. When I looked at this list, and I started thinking about movies of this last year. It bothered me that Hugh Jackman, who is good as Wolverine, has now been in six films that have sort of misused the character or not quite nailed the world or mm-hmm. not quite given the the true picture of why it's great. I mean, I think those Brian Singer, those t- first two X-Men films are, were fun films at the time. I don't know how well they've aged in general, given that now when they adapt these types of properties, they, they usually do it with a little bit more faithfulness and they usually do it with a little bit more... Um, of a, like a fanboy sensibility, mm-hmm. which you could say might not be good, but I think that nowadays you're much more likely to get a, a, a just a, a loyal adaptation. And mm-hmm. I think the X-Men movies were made at a time when they, they believed you have to take everybody out of costumes and put them in black leather, and you have to do all these things to, to make audiences buy into this world rather than kind of throwing them in. And I think now the tendency is, maybe as we discovered with Thor The Dark World, maybe too much, yeah. throw them in at the deep end of the pool with all those elements... But I just feel like from those two movies that I haven't seen in a decade, probably, I don't know how well they would they would seem to me now. But since then, like the third X Men movie was bad, the Wolverine Origins movie was bad, uh, X Men First Class was actually a pretty good movie, but I he's like just that, he's just yeah. a cameo in yeah. that. Yeah. And then this movie, it just kind of it just kind of bums me out that like you know it would it, I still get a little charge when I see that there's a film audience built up around Hugh Jackman as Wolverine because as a kid who grew up with that character it was cool just to see him on screen and for that to be one of the few elements that really worked about those movies but the further you get away from that just kind of fun of seeing these characters on screen it just dawns on me how poorly handled 
all the mythology behind those characters has been. All the great stories they've done in the comics that they've adapted for those movies. They've hacked them up. They've put them yeah. with other plot lines. They've they've missed the spirit of it. There's I mean, there's just some really great material that they've bungled. Yeah. And I think that the Wolverine kind of continues that trend. And it didn't really hit me until I was trying to watch it again because my wife was curious about it and my son could watch any superhero movie. And I, I couldn't even get to the I couldn't even stay in the movie long enough to get to the parts that I remembered being kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And it was like all the stuff that was just kind of, eh, that's all right. The first time I saw it, this time knowing that it kind of goes nowhere, it really, like the pacing of the movie started to bother mm-hmm. me a lot. Just almost everything about it. It just did not, It I, I would have said it was like a, a C movie before, and now I would say, you know, watching it again, but not, not even making it all the way through, it's gone down a letter grade. Thank mm-hmm. you. There are still maybe two or three moments maybe that are worth seeing, but I didn't get to those moments in my second viewing, and I got 45 minutes into the movie. Gotcha. So the only thing worthwhile about this movie might be that, you know, a, a, a less discerning sensibility. Maybe my son will think it's cool or something like that. But even with that, he was kind of, bo- like, you know, he was excited at, oh, that's Wolverine with a beard. He's living in a cave. What's yeah. going on here? And then he was kind of like, what's going on? Who are these guys? What's, why am I, you know? And, yeah. of course, also when we're watching a movie with subtitles, you have to read them out loud to my son. So that made it also kind of tiresome because there's a lot of subtitles in the Wolverine. So yeah. it was... it. It was just a movie that I thought I could at least, you know, you think you're going to get through a movie a second time, yeah. and then you discover, no, I can't even get, I can't yeah. even get through this movie a second yeah. time. We're going off all over the place. We got chimes and chirps and clangs. I don't know what that is. The movie was absolute bollocks. So I guess I'm the last one. If I were to write a review about this movie, it would start as follows: that there, there isn't anything about Iron Man three that hasn't been said about Afghanistan. <laughs> You're going to go to that one again. <laughs> that movie is bombed up and depleted. Iron Man 3 is a, is a war-torn country. It's a war-torn country. Oh, man, it's fucking... Why? Why? Why must me endure Robert Downey Jr. being this exaggerated version of Robert Downey Jr.? It, it was cool when you first saw it, but then it's like, what? What is going on at this point? Who? What is he? See, I'm almost... I'm conflicted because I feel like that movie has a lot of great Shane Black moments that I like. Like there's screen, there's moments that like his screenwriting, yeah, some of the dialogue and stuff. there is like yeah. there are pieces of it that I really like. But I will say that as a as an experience, it's kind of a lumpy movie. Like you can't really sit yeah, down it's... and watch it all the way through. I mean, I guess there are people. There are people that really people that enjoyed probably it. Probably love but, it. But you're right. The spell has worn off. Yeah. As far as like, I off. feel that way about Robert Downey Jr. in that role too, to some yeah. extent. That it's I, like, it's like where he's still he's kind of coasting at this point. Yeah. I, where I mean, so I just think that it should be done at this point. I mean, Avengers is obviously going to have him in it. He was he was great in that movie, but that's like because it was drawn. Back a little it bit. was dialed back, and, and and he had enough space to kind of be himself yeah. and kind of. Pass pass the joke to someone else. Be yeah, a dick. Definitely. Pass it on to somebody else. If if the next one's done, let Joss Whedon do it, or forever hold your peace. And what do you or think about? Maybe let him show up in some of these like ensemble ones. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, the yeah. other thing is, there's yeah, there's been one. talk of doing something like Joss Whedon. I know has said in interviews that he doesn't want to feel like he can't make changes to the status quo just because there are franchises and comic books involved. Mm. So what would you say if they, if, you know, kill off uh, Robert Downey Jr., kill off Tony Stark mm. and 
you know, just like in the comics, uh, Don Cheadle's character becomes Iron Man, essentially. You know, for that a time, Rhodey was Iron Man when Tony Stark retired. That would be really like, interesting. Would you be? Would you go see Iron Man 4 if it was Don Cheadle in the suit? Or is are you just done with Iron Man movies in general? If it was done well, I mean, like, I think the, the issue is... What if they got Nicholas Vinning Refn to direct it? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Ronald Sarah. As long as there's Sorry. karaoke in it. And just shots of... As long as there's karaoke in it. I love that that's your standard. You're looking at the... You're look, I was actually going to say you're looking at the newspaper trying to pick out a movie, but who the yeah. fuck looks at a newspaper yeah. anymore? What? Have you yeah, guys so. ever done that? No. <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's lost. Which of these movies has karaoke in it? <laughs> Shaking the paper. That's absolutely a category on Netflix, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies with karaoke in it. But yeah, that's, yeah, screw that movie. Um, looking forward to Avengers, but screw that movie. So that's my final pick. Episode 101, man. I feel like no. This is is this episode one hundred and one. It, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. How far we've come, <laughs> John? Are, are you are you getting tired, buddy? Uh, well, uh, you know the order is all screwed up in my head. <laughs> we are on tonight. If you can't tell, we're really on. We're giddy. Mm-hmm. We've been drinking a lot of water. Having a timer has really changed our whole vibe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Although I think I'm the only one that looks at it. No, I keep trying to steal glances at it. <laughs> no, we're good. We're golden. What you don't want to do is like glance at it while someone else is talking and make them think like, oh shit, yeah, is it me? Am I like, the am I the one sinking the ship? Yeah. You guys, yeah, time. you listeners had no idea that we've ever had a target time. Now we do. Now you would we, never guess it. You might begin to tell. <laughs> you might begin to tell as we roll forward. But knowing what we have planned for the for the next episode, I think the next episode is going to be our uh, Valentine's episode is that correct? Ooh. Ooh la la! So I think that one might end up being one that breaks from the uh, the target time because Ooh. because it's it might be a topic that snatches our loins, right? Tugs at our loins. <laughs> Snatch and loin. <laughs> yeah. That might apply. Who knows? Snatch and loin was one of my favorite steak restaurants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went under real quick. Yeah. When they were here, they were the best. The Snatch and Loin. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> we mean that. I was going to just like look off and not say anything. See, no, who would, see who would jump in and save the boat. Ronald's taking this timer thing seriously. He I saw 50 minutes to. come up and he said, thanks for listening. Bye. So next week is, is should we tease it or should we just say it's going to be our Valentine's yeah, episode? It's going to be very romantic. Very romantic in here. That's, We're going to probably bring, oh, at least I'm bringing candles. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Some love scented candles. I'm bringing the KY, right? Hey, man. If you think it's going to be that kind of party. <laughs> I got a few hand massagers. Mm. Sounds good. Sounds but these good. are actually, I should let you know, these are things that you use for massaging your hands. They're not oh, really okay. things you put on your hands to massage people. <laughs> not interested. I was misled by a salesperson. <laughs> and I take it you lost your receipt. <laughs> It's got oil all over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the next episode will be a fun one, and it will be. Ge- We're not going to tell you the topic, so you got to listen. But it's going to be geared towards Valentine's Day. Geared towards Valentine's Day, and uh, it'll be fun. So come back next week. Listen to the episode. Come back next week with a heart shaped pillow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something cute embroidered on it. Mm-hmm. You got any uh, romantic messages for the people before we leave, Ronald? Oh it's been my. a while. It's been a while since we've thrown to you for a non sequitur at the end. I, just don't <laughs> I was know. just. I was just going to say, oh my. Uh, cause I heard uh Scott to get what's his name, the guy from maybe, Star Trek. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Scott the cat. Scott the. Let it play out. The guy from the guy from Star Trek. <laughs> the gay man, the gay Asian. You know his face. 
George Takai. Don't say anything, John. That would have lasted 10 minutes. Because his iPad is probably dead and he cannot look it up. Scottica. 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 Gothica. He was going to say Gothica. I think he was going to say Attica. Attica. So what about George Decay? AKA yeah. Scott Decay. George Decay. He sounds like a B a B a B a B horror film director. What? <laughs> and that's Ronald's romantic takeaway for the evening. Ronald, I'll never throw into you for a non sequitur again. I'm glad that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, come back next week. It's gonna be a fun episode. Just about as fun as the last five minutes, if not more. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you guys then. As always, you've made our day. Bye.